Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. All right, all right. Good morning, everyone. Come on, aren't you glad to be at church? Today, it's sunny outside. It's not raining. Thank you, Jesus. Who is sick of some rain? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, Man, I'm glad you guys are here uh, with us this morning. We're kicking off a brand new series we've titled On Display. On Display. You may have seen the display as you walked in today. Come on, our creative team, they're pretty awesome, aren't they? They did a great job with that. Uh, If you've got your notes, go ahead and pull those out. Go ahead and pull those out. We're going to be in the book of Philippians today. If you've got a Bible, you can pull that out. We're going to spend most of our time in that passage. And if not, the notes are in, uh, are in your worship guide. You can follow along with us. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. This is our theme verse. We'll read this all month together. It says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Worthy of the good news about Christ. This idea of just being on display. Did you know we like people see us? And the truth is, a lot of times we think people like what we say kind of rings louder, but really it's who we are and what we do that rings louder to anything else. So I did some research this past week. You know, when a company brings a new product to market, they spend a ton of time on two things: packaging and display. Packaging and display. They want to make sure that all of the colors are just right. Did you guys know that there's psychology behind every color? Did you guys know that? Like, like certain colors literally uh, cause certain things to happen in our emotions as we're uh, introduced to them. Uh, yellow, uh, for instance, is an exciting. That's why McDonald's is red and yellow because y'all know their food ain't all that great, so they got to do the best they can. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yellow and red, that it, it literally does something emotionally to you when you see those colors. It can make you, whether it can make you think mediocre food is okay food. You know, like you makes it, 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 it does something to you emotionally. Colors and packaging, it all matters. They choose the right color, the right material, the right placement on the shelf so that it's attractive to customers. This month, we're going to talk about what it means to live our lives on display. What does it mean for us to live our lives in such a way that it would draw the world to Jesus? Here's what I've learned. Only one-third of all purchases in a supermarket were actually planned. Did y'all know that? Only one-third, meaning this, that most of you guys, when you walk through the grocery store every week, the vast majority of the things you buy are impulse purchases. Like It's because you saw something placed at the right spot in the right place of the store. You went in hungry for what? Like, don't ever go shopping hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you just impulse, like it just got you, and you, you bought it. Packaging and placement, you could probably argue, are the most vital work a company can do to sell their product. It's the most important thing they can do because only one-third of all purchases actually were planned when they walk in the store. As a matter of fact, that's even strengthening online. Who shops mostly online nowadays? Mostly online, some of you, some of you, a couple of you. And you'll even notice that that real estate even matters online. There is a thing called Above the Fold on a website. And it's the, it's the real estate on a website that you see without having to scroll. 
So when you log into Amazon or when you log into a specific website, all of the real estate you, uh, the state that you see, the spacing that you see on a website without having to scroll first is the most vital real estate on a website. A company would spend most of their resource, their marketing dollars, to get on that portion of a website. Stores, products, spend more money on an area called I-level. I-level. There may be products that are equally as good, but they don't have the marketing dollars to get eye level. Here's a phrase that's been uh, th tossed around in marketing world for years. Eye level is buy level. You want to write that down. Eye level is buy level. What does that mean? They will spend whatever they can spend if they can afford it to get their product at eye level in the proper places in a supermarket because they know if they can get to your eye level and their packaging can be enticing enough, whether you need it or want it, chances are you're going to at least try it. Most people, it means this, the most prominent place in a store is the shelf of any kind that's eye level. Statistics have proven over and over again, that a product, it really doesn't even matter what's in it. That people will impulsively purchase most things that are eye level whether they need it or not. Isn't that crazy? Like whether you need it or not, you will, you will like just impulse buy something whether you need it or not if it's at eye level and it looks attractive. That same truth happens in us on a day-to-day -day basis. Did you know that? We are literally on display to the world around us. Everything about our lives. People see us. And did you know that eye level is buy level? Here's what that means. That people are going to buy into what they see way more than anything that they hear. And we could say, listen, we can say that I love Jesus and I go to church every Sunday, but that doesn't really matter if I'm a jerk at work every day, does it? Because eye level is buy level. They're going to buy into what they see Way more than anything else. So if I'm at, if my eye level is I'm a jerk every day of the week, that's that's top shelf, isn't it? But the bottom shelf would be, hey, I get to go to church on Sundays, right? That's bottom shelf stuff. That's the stuff that people rarely see. Eye level is buy level. So today I want to give us a quality check, right? So today, as we as we kind of kick off this series of being on display to the world around us, and we represent Jesus, right? If this is our goal, if this is our heart as followers of Jesus, here's what you need to know. Whether it really is your goal or heart, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, you are representing him. Either that's a good thing or it's a bad thing. And we're going to take an assessment of our own lives today. I want to take us a quality check. We've titled the message, Quality Check. And how can we live our lives in such a way that people buy into Jesus and not us? What if I could live my life in such a way that every single day when I go to my job, when I'm hanging in my, with my family, with my kids, in my neighbor's uh, interaction, whatever that would look like in my sphere of influence, that people would look at me and they would think Jesus. They would look at me and they would think different. So let's pray, and let's dive into our notes. Father, we love you. Thank you for your grace, your word today that it's alive and breathing and real and for us. So Lord, I pray as we give, give ourselves a quality check, just in the, in the call that you've placed on our lives as followers of Jesus, God, that you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, that you would perform spiritual surgery on our hearts, and that we would walk out of this place changed. God, inspired to live a life on purpose that honors you. In Jesus' name. Come on, we all said it together? Amen. Number one, I need to check my pride. 
I need to check my pride. Quality check. Philippians chapter 2. Come on, we're going to be in this uh, passage of Scripture. Philippians goes on to say, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. I wrote this down this week. Pride will always be the longest distance between two people. Pride will always be the longest distance between two people. And many of us live our lives set in our pride. We will allow pride to to disconnect us from people who otherwise God has placed in our lives to be an influence in their lives. But we we allow pride in our lives to separate us from people. Come on, we're in a we're in a political uh, year, right? Come on, we're in a we're in a voting year and there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that will allow our political stance and our pride in what we are, in our own opinions to completely separate us from people who think different than us. Here's what I know that we're worried way less uh, about who you vote for and we're worried way more about how you treat people who actually vote differently than you. See, the pride in our lives disconnect us from living a purposeful life of influence with other people. So how do I know pride's ruling my life? You ready? These are some checks I want you to write down. Number one, this one's huge. Do I listen to counsel? Do I listen to counsel? Proverbs eleven fourteen says, victory is found in the counsel of many. So I, I, uh, I do lots of pastoral counseling, have done so for uh, over 20 years now. I do a lot of that. And can I tell you, it is rare. There are lots of people all the time that come and asking, like, I need some counsel. Give some direction. And you'll pray and you might give some direction. And there may be areas where you might go, I can see if you can, you can make this shift, this change, it could make a huge difference. And you know, people are good at asking for counsel. People stink at actually following through listening to counsel. Like anybody ever given advice to your kids and you're like, this is like, I'm going to help you. And the minute like you give it to them and then they like completely go the opposite direction. We never outgrow that as people. Humanity really never outgrows that. We allow our pride to take control of our lives. And we begin to whisper. We hear the whispers of the enemy in our lives, thinking that we know it enough. We've been around enough. We're grown people. I'm a grown man. I can make my own decisions. That, except I make childish decisions, and I don't listen to counsel. Victory is found in the counsel of many. It's a biblical principle. This one is huge. You ready? How do I receive criticism? Do I receive criticism or, let's be honest, anytime someone would actually offer constructive criticism in my life, is it always an offense to me? Can I tell you that pride will destroy relationships, friendships, and and God's plan for your life? Jesus is teaching us through Philippians, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Lay your pride at the door. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Proverbs 15 and 31, you can write that reference down. It says this, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you listen to constructive criticism, you'll be at home among the wise. I would even say this. I would even give you this advice. When's the last time you've ever been asked for constructive criticism in your life? 
When's the last time you sat down with your spouse and said, hey, is there anything I could change? Is there anything that, that, I, that I could be doing in, uh, in my life right now, in our relationship that would make a difference? When's the last time you've had a friend in your life that you trusted enough that you could sit across the table and say, hey, could you just give, could you look at my life and tell me, is there something that needs to change? Am I honoring God with my life? Or have you allowed pride to completely uh, 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 camouflage you from any constructive criticism in your life. If we're not careful, our pride will cost us everything and leave us with nothing. How many times have you been given constructive criticism and your pride has convinced you that it was an attack on your life, that it was an attack on your, uh, on your character, that it was an attack on your integrity? And in, re in reality, it was the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through a friend that God's placed in your life to help you grow. Come on, I need to, I need to drop and check my pride. Number two, this one's a big one. I need to check my passion. What am I passionate about? I love Philippians 2, 4. Because there's a thing that, 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 that Scripture calls us to be passionate about. Are you ready? There's a thing that it calls us to be passionate about, all of us as believers. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Can I tell you as a follower of Jesus, there's one passionate thing that we should all have in common. That's that we love people. We love people, but what if they think different than I do? We love people. It doesn't matter. What if they vote differently than I do? We love people. What if they make decisions that I think are detrimental? I don't care. We still love them. Do y'all know that God did not call us to judge people based on their decisions, that that's his job? That's his responsibility? That he called us, the church, to love people. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others. I'm never more like Jesus than when I'm serving others' needs. Never. I'm never look more like him than when I'm serving the needs of others. There is nothing more beautiful than when humanity sees a need and meets it. There's nothing more beautiful. I've loved, I, it's, it, it broke my heart to see the tornadoes rip through Tennessee this past week. But can I tell you, it's, it's, it's so incredible to see the local church rise up and love people. They said this, this happened back when Katrina hit New Orleans years ago. The same thing happened. They said that government officials and companies are actually contracted to do these jobs. They're showing up on jobs to find the work has already been done. Like houses have already been cleaned. Trees have already been cut. It's the local church stepping up, volunteering, loving people, no strings attached nothing in it for them. And these people are send, these companies are sending hundreds of people home because the work has already been done by volunteers who simply just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Can I tell you, are you passionate about loving people as a follower of Jesus? What are we passionate about? What if I told you that your passion was God-given? Many of you are sitting there today and you're going, well, I, this is what I'm passionate about. Fill in the blank. I love doing this. I love this part about my life. What if I told you it was God-given for your good and for his glory? And if you're only using it for your good, you're missing out on his blessing. If you're only using your passion for your good and not his glory, you are completely missing out. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. Maybe you don't know you're passionate. Maybe you don't really know what you're passionate about. Maybe you're just kind of walking through life on cruise control. Ask yourself this question. How am I wired? How am I wired? Man, what makes up my attitude? 
What makes up what I like and don't like? Maybe you don't know that. I'd encourage you to log on to cultivatechurch.tv. There's an assessment that you can take. It's free. You can take it in the privacy of your own home. It's a, a, a disc profile, personality profile, a spiritual giftings test. And you can begin to understand how you're wired. And I'm telling you, you'll, you'll take that and you'll go, man, that is alarming how accurate it is. Like, I promise you, you'll, it'll, it'll, it'll help you and direct you in finding how you're wired. And this is another question. Once you figure that out, where does that meet my faith? How am I wired? And where does that cross paths with my faith in Jesus? The greatest blessing my passion can be in my life is when I'm using it to glorify Jesus. Come on, we're on display. We need to check our pride. We need to check our passion. What does it look like for me to live a passionate life with one thing, one goal in mind? My passion is going to cross paths with God's plan, and it's going to make an extravagant difference in the sphere of influence that God has placed me in. When's the last time somebody's come up to you at work or in your neighborhood and said, man, something's, something's different about you. Like You're not like everybody else. Can I tell you, that's, that's Jesus through you. That's the idea that people would look at you and not see you, but see Jesus. Number three, if you're taking notes, this one's huge. I need to check my position. I need to check my position. We're going to continue to read in Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read this last verse, this last passage in the message version. I love it. It says, think of yourselves the way Christ thought of himself. Think about that. Think of yourselves the way Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When, he, when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human, it was an incredibly humbling process. He was obedient. Come on, he didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and died a selfless, obedient death. At the worst and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And I love this. Because of his obedience... Well, you want to say that with me? Say, because of his obedience. One, two, three. Because of his obedience. It was because of his obedience. God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anything ever. Can I tell you today, I want you to check your position. Check your position. Where am I? How do I consider myself around people? Have I allowed pride to get in the way of God's call and purpose and plan. Come on, I am on display for the world to see. Eye level is buy level. What are people buying into in my life? Have they bought into that I'm just the jerk that shows up every day and doesn't like anybody and can't get along with anybody? Has my spouse bought into that I'm just the person that can't ever get like this, living my own, living my own way, making my own decisions, doing my own thing? I don't care what anybody in my family thinks. What about my kids? What have they bought into? Do they realize that I'm passionate about God and I'm passionate about the house of God? I'm passionate about the things of God in my family's life? Or have they bought into that that's something that's just disconnected? That's bottom shelf in my life. Come on, what's on top shelf in your life? 
Eye level is by level. What does it look like if I check my pride at the door? Man, if I lift up my passion and show it as the, uh, as the, as the reality of God's gift for me to bring the gospel to the world. And what if I postured myself like Jesus did? What if, what if I thought of myself like Jesus thought of himself? Here's what I wrote down this week. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. What if I lived a life of humility and allowed the power of God in my obedience to lift me? Can I tell you the same thing that happened to Jesus? God is no respecter of persons. Can I tell you your obedience will always lead to blessing? So this week, this month, this year, what's going to be my eye level? What, is, what are people going to buy into in my life? I'm on display for the world to see. I want to pray with you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our band's going to come. They're going to play some music. Nothing funny or weird is going to happen. Promise. I just want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today, and if you're taking that assessment of your own life, you would say, I'm going to be honest with you. Man, my faith has been bottom shelf. My faith... If I'm honest, there are times when it's in the stock room in the back. You really don't even know that it even exists. Maybe you're in here today and you would say this. You would say, Brandon, I have not even, that's not even been something that's been valuable in my life ever. Maybe you're here today and you've been hurt. You're carrying wounds. Maybe you've allowed a wound in your life. Somebody's let you down. Somebody's harmed you. Somebody's hurt you. Maybe you've allowed a wound in your life to kind of grow and harden your heart. Maybe that's led to bitterness. Maybe that's led to anger. Maybe that's led to you going, I don't want to be on display for Jesus at all. Like What I've seen displayed doesn't represent what I've ever thought God would be Christianity. Can I tell you that that very well may be true in man, but I want you to know there's a God in heaven that's very different. You see, he loves you enough, so much so, that he sent his son to live a perfect, sinless life, sacrificed himself on a cross, came back to life three days later for one purpose to rescue us from our sins. That's it. To rescue us. So what does it look like for me to surrender my life to Jesus and live a life on display for the power and the presence of God? Here's what it looks like. It looks like a God that loved you enough to rescue you from your sins, to purify you from all unrighteousness. The Bible says he takes our sin and throws it as far as the east is from the west. That he places us at the right hand of God, seated next to Christ. And he gives us a home in heaven and securing our eternity. And he creates a plan and a purpose for our lives. And it's for your good and for his glory. You see, Jesus wants to put us on display in a way that honors God. It was never... It was never, it was never meant 
for us to live a life full of pride and anxiety and depression and hurt and anger and bitterness. Come on, that display that he wants you to be on, it's for your good. It's for his glory. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to invite you to pull that connect card out that we spoke about just a moment ago. There's a spot on it that says, I'm committing my life to Christ. Come on, there's no better decision you can make in your life than to first put your life in his hands. Maybe there's a spot on there you would, you would say, I'm going to recommit. Maybe for the first time in a long time, you're going to start a brand new, fresh relationship with Jesus. I'm going to recommit. I'm, I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. Right where you are, I believe it. there are people right now who need to mark that. Just be bold right where you are. Mark that on that card. We're going to send you some information in the mail this week on some next steps in your faith journey. And right now, we're going to lead you in a prayer right where you are. So, Father, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us where we failed you. I believe your word today that says you will throw my sin as far as the east is from the west, that you will never bring it up again. I thank you for redeeming me from the decisions I've made in my life. Thank you for forgiveness. I accept you as my Savior, Jesus. And from this day forward, I follow you as my Lord. I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for forgiveness. And Father, today there are people right now, God, who have allowed pride to rule and reign. God, we've allowed pride to keep us from being humble. We've allowed pride to keep us from mending broken bridges. And uh, God, we've allowed pride to keep us from, uh, from showing grace where it, needs to be grown, where it needs to be shown and forgiveness where it needs to be given. God, I pray that you would forgive us of our pride. God, that we would check our passions and we would check our attitudes and we would begin to live lives on display for your glory so that we can make a difference in our spheres of influence. Use us, Jesus, to make a difference in Shelby County, in the state of Alabama, all around the world, in the missions that you've allowed us to be a part of. Thank you, God, for an opportunity to be a display of the grace of God, that you would get all of the honor, all of the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can you celebrate Jesus today? Come on, he's worthy.